if you never learned how to communicate effectively, then everything can feel really hard in the relationship because the approach that you've been taught doesn't work. Who knew there was actual strategy behind effective communication that could mean the difference between having someone hear you and having someone want to argue with you or walk off because they've had enough. There are five communication habits that couples use during conflict. If you're doing any of these, these habits push your partner away and inspire your partner to get defensive and put their walls up. Welcome to the Marriage and Motherhood Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Perda. As a marriage coach who's been through and still going through the trenches of motherhood myself, I get it. Life gets busy and sometimes your relationship takes a backseat. But guess what? You can feel like a couple while raising kids and I'm here to help. Join me each week here as we dive into the messy but fulfilling world of marriage and motherhood. From navigating conflict to reigniting that spark, we're going to chat about it all. So, If you're juggling mom life with wife life, this podcast is for you. And hey, if you love what you hear, I'd be so grateful if you could rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Here's this week's episode. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Marriage and Motherhood podcast. My week is going really fast. We are in the throes of getting ready for our family vacation. We're going to be spending some really solid quality time together as a family. minus my stepson because he's with his mom still. Um, But spending some really good quality time together for almost a week. I am so, so excited. What started out as a camping trip ended up changing completely to a road trip. So we're going to be making different stops along the way up to Washington and then back. And I'm so excited. We're going to go hiking at different national parks and we're going to spend time in Seattle doing some city things, taking the kids on the ferry, Pike's Marketplace, going to the gum wall, and we're even making a trip to go to the Tillamook Creamery, which is so exciting because, you know, you see Tillamook cheese all over the grocery store, but to actually go to the place that it's made, tour it, try all the things, I am super stoked. I am sure that kids are going to love it because who doesn't like cheese and who doesn't like ice cream and all the things that creamers make, right? We start school in three weeks, which is wild. I'm excited to have my older son back so that we can get the school year started and just hang out with him because we haven't seen him all summer. And to get back into the groove of things, to have my middle son out of the house (laughs) all day in school now that he's going into first grade because I don't know about you, but where we live, kindergarten is half day and that's really rough really, really rough. So there's a lot of like start and stopping with work. And if you're like me, it takes a while to get back into it because you lose your focus and you have to remember what you were working on, right? Let me know if you can relate to that. But yeah, we're ending summer with a bang. (laughs) We're doing some other activities when we get back and just making the most out of what we have left with all this free time with the kids home. Now, a topic that we're covering today is five unhealthy communication habits to look out for. Now, I want to know from you, like, what your history with communication has been like. For me, growing up and and all the way up until, I don't know, I don't even know how many years ago, but 
recently, I have always felt like communication was a struggle. I wish it was simpler. Communication is such a huge thing when it comes to marriage, and it can truly make or break your relationship. If you know how to communicate well, then things tend to go a lot smoother, which is awesome, right? Issues that pop up get resolved easily. Sharing how you feel and what you need gets received well. You feel like you're a team that works well together, and you can openly talk to each other about you know, how you feel, what you need, what you want, your goals, your fears, all of that. And it creates a really strong connection between you two. But if you're like me and your parents weren't great communicators and you never learned how to communicate effectively, then everything can feel really hard in the relationship because the approach that you've been taught doesn't work, right? So when issues pop up, they feel impossible to resolve and often go unresolved only for it to come back up repeatedly. And anytime you share how you feel, your partner gets defensive or goes silent. So you don't feel supported, you don't feel seen or heard, and you question whether you're even on the same team and struggle with being on the same page with each other which can really create a lot of doubt and sense of insecurity in the relationship. And the conversations that you two tend to have tend to be very surface level and logistic based, right? Your conversations are mostly about the kids, the house, or other responsibilities. And you don't feel connected as a couple because of that. It just feels like you're doing life in parallel. You're co-parenting and your roommates, but do you actually feel like a connected couple? Probably not. But who knew there was actual strategy behind effective communication that could mean the difference between having someone hear you and having someone want to argue with you or walk off because they've had enough right? I certainly didn't. I've been in plenty of relationships where I thought that I was a good communicator because in my upbringing, I thought that talking was better than not talking, right? In my upbringing, my parents wouldn't talk about stuff and then they would blow up because they couldn't take it anymore. And so I, not wanting to repeat what they had, thought, oh, if I just express myself more, if I just share how I feel, what I think, I'll be good. I am a good communicator. I am being open. This is what's going to create that closeness. This is what's going to create that intimacy that I want in relationships. But what I didn't know was that oh, even though you're talking, even though you're open about how you feel and what you think and what you want. There is a way to do that effectively, and there are ways, plenty of ways, to do this ineffectively. And I didn't know how to do it effectively. And what I was actually doing was destroying the intimacy in my relationships. Whoops. Right? There are five communication habits that are some of the most common ones that couples use during conflict. And unfortunately, if you're doing any of these, 
they're actually working against everything you want, which is to feel seen, heard, and cherished, okay? These habits actually push your partner away. They close off connection and actually inspire your partner to get defensive and put their walls up. Now, here are the five different communication habits that are unhealthy for your relationship. The first one being blaming. I did this so much because I grew up in a culture of blame. Maybe you have too. I hear this from a lot of people that they tend to relate with me on this one thing, the blame culture, right? Whether it was your parents who blamed you for how angry they got because of something you did or something you didn't do, or maybe you witnessed your mom blaming your dad for not being there enough, for, you know, not doing the right thing or not doing things the right way or not being there for her in the way that she needed. So you grew up thinking, this is how I share my pain. This is how I express that I need something to change, right? But blaming is shifting the responsibility onto your partner for how you feel because of something they did. And you're blaming them for also how you're reacting, right? So it's like, oh, now, by doing that, you're saying that they're almost like pulling strings based on their actions that you have no control over yourself. And this can sound like, I'm always doing everything around here. You never help. Or if you did what I asked, I wouldn't be so angry and yelling right now. I would want to hang out with you more. I would have sex with you more often, right? The second one is criticizing. This is labeling, judging, using absolute words like always and never, right? And this can sound like, why can't you be more like him's husband? He's so thoughtful and supportive. I wish you were more like that, right? You're comparing. Or you never spend time with me. You're always on your phone or, you know, fill in the blank. You're always working. You're always hanging out with the kids. You're always out with the boys. You're always hanging out with your family. Why don't you pay more attention to me? This is all coming from a place of hurt. And it's ineffective, right? It's, it's coming off as whining. Like, imagine your kid saying this to you. Would you receive this well? the chances are very slim that you would, right? And so this also doesn't work with your partner. The third one is getting defensive. Saying things about your partner to point out that they're also flawed or saying things to counter or just justify what they're criticizing you for. So even though criticism is an unhealthy habit, and even though your partner might still be doing this to you, it does not mean that you can meet it with more unhealthy habits. Okay, I just want to throw that out there. This is not like an eye for an eye kind of thing. If you throw unhealthy habits at me, I'm going to do it back to you because guess what? That doesn't change the dynamic of the communication. And what we want to shift you towards is help. My friend just fell. I got a text. Let me silence that. Um, 
real life over here. Okay. Um, it doesn't mean that you can meet them with the same level of animosity or negativity or toxicity. Okay. To shift to healthier communication styles as a couple, someone's got to stop the pattern and that someone can be you, right? So even though they're throwing things at you where you're like, oh, but Michelle said that that's unhealthy. And if they're going to do it, that means it's fair game and I should do it too. No, 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 no. Okay. No. <laughs> that's not going to change anything. That's just probably going to make it spiral and make it worse and escalate the whole conversation when what we want to do is be able to de-escalate it. All right. Now the next one is, oh, no, actually, uh, what defensive can, defensiveness, what defensiveness can sound like is, well, maybe if you weren't so lazy and helped out more in the home or with the kids, then I'd be more fun and less serious all the time. Or you think you're perfect? When was the last time you blank, right? Insert whatever you would say or have said. Other examples of defensiveness include bringing up the past, playing the victim, bringing up unrelated issues to redirect the attention off of you, right? Like, let's say they're, they're sharing that, um, that you haven't been spending much time with them or you haven't been as nice as you have been before or even as flirty as before. And you're like, well, look at you. When was the last time that you, hmm, let's see. It has to be something completely unrelated. Well, you never take out the trash on time. Like that is so unrelated to what they're saying, right? Even though their approach sucks and it could use some work, redirecting it by, by picking up something else that you can just throw back in their face is not going to help the situation. It's not going to help calm down the conversation. It's not going to help the conversation actually get resolved. So do your best to not do those things. Okay. The fourth one is disrespecting your partner. Now, when I say it that way, it's like, duh, right? But disrespecting your partner could be something that you might be unintentionally doing, right? We do some things, <laughs> some interesting things when we're hurt. And when we feel like we are being silenced or not seen, not heard, not supported, and we're trying to grasp at anything that we can to get what we need. So if you do this, I understand that you probably feel warranted in doing it. And I also understand that you might think that there's no other way, right? So this can sound like insulting your partner, being sarcastic to put them down, mocking them, rolling your eyes, right? By saying like, oh, look at that. You actually can clean up after yourself, right? That does not sound nice. Or oh, you can't do anything right. Just let me handle it right? All of this is just like putting your partner down. It's very condescending. It doesn't feel good to hear. And maybe your parents talk to you like that. So maybe it's just kind of been something that you have acquired over time. 
The last one is making assumptions, thinking something is true with no actual proof. As in, you might be trying to read their mind without even clarifying with them or confirming with them that that is true. And this can sound like you only help around the house because you want to look good for your family or for our guests, or you don't even care about us. You didn't even bother planning anything special for our anniversary. You must not love me anymore. You must be checked out. Again, there's no basis to what you're saying. Did they actually say those things? If not, then you're making assumptions that can create a lot of defensiveness or have them close off and, and feel like, well, why bother? Because they're just going to think what they're going to think. And it doesn't even really matter anymore what I say, right? Either way, nothing good. But the thing about communication is that they're just made of hab habits, right? Like this is about five unhealthy communication habits. But with habits, the more you do them, the more second nature they feel, right? The more they become your go-to reactions when certain things happen. And a lot of times you don't even know that you're doing them. But what makes these unhealthy or dare I say even toxic is that over time doing these things will look like your partner not opening up to you anymore, only talking to you about surface level stuff, right? Those logistics that I was talking about, the kids, the house, responsibilities, work. It can also look like um, them burying themselves in their work in hobbies, uh, in their phone, or spending more time away from you and tuning you out when you talk to them. Just thinking about that and imagining that and, and remembering back to when I did experience those things is heartbreaking. That is not what you want with your partner. That is the very opposite of what it looks like to feel connected, right? And if this is happening to you already, start bringing more awareness to yourself. When you notice you doing these things, focus on building a habit that can actually bring you two back together as a team, right? Conflict is an opportunity to connect. But when we view conflict as a fight, as a battle, you versus me, that is not team oriented. Right. So remembering that you're a team and thinking about how strong a strong team would handle conflict, do those things. That's what's going to help you change the way you two communicate, because when you don't meet your partner with what you normally do. So let's say you criticize and then they get defensive. And when they get defensive, you get defensive back. And then you're both being defensive, poking at each other's insecurities making uh, generalizations about each other, making a lot of assumptions that are hurting you as a couple, that's not going to create connection. But if you pause and you think, okay, I used to do that. Let me make an intentional effort to do something that would actually support my marriage, strengthen it, build that connection so that we can get through this as a strong couple 
let me do that. A lot of it is just interrupting the habit with something different. And when you start to approach your partner with those habits, those healthier habits, they're going to start responding differently too, because you have now introduced something completely different. You are no longer showing up as the person that had those unhealthy habits. You are showing up as someone who is rooting for your marriage rather than doing things that go against it. Okay. So habits can be learned and they can be unlearned. So that's all I have for you today. Those are the five most common unhealthy communication habits that exist in a lot of couples communication. So if you're doing any of these, it's okay. You are not a lost cause. You are not bound to have the same style of communication with your partner forever and ever and ever, right? What you can do is bring awareness to it and start to shift how you two communicate so that this can just stop being an issue. So you can start feeling like that domino effect where it's like, oh, I got this. Cool. All these other issues, no longer a problem because we're able to work together as a team. We're able to hear each other out. We're able to open up to each other. We're able to work through things without getting defensive, without feeling like we're being attacked, with feeling connected, like we are supported and seen and heard. Okay. If you are struggling with this, I urge you to reach out to me because it can be challenging to notice what you're doing that is creating this unhealthy environment for communication to thrive in your marriage. So send me a DM if this is you. I'd be more than happy to give, um, uh, not give you, <laughs> have a chat with you to help you work through those things so that you can create a healthier dynamic in your marriage so that you can focus more on connecting rather than trying to be heard. Okay. Now, stay tuned for part two, because in part two, I'm going to share what healthy communication habits look like, right? Because we're going to do away with the unhealthy ones, and you're going to need healthy ones to fill them in so that it can start to feel more like you are a team. And like with habits, the more we do them, the more natural they feel, and the more, um, the more likely you're able to do these things when you're in the heat of the moment and you're going to be able to do it consistently and and again not have these issues be a thing okay that's it for this episode remember awareness truly is the first step to making any change in your life and this is no different so start paying attention to how you're communicating with your spouse especially when you're really emotional angry frustrated stressed you name it overwhelmed Start to notice what you're doing and whether they are supporting your partnership or if they are destroying it. All right, that's it. That's it for this episode. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. I would so appreciate that. And if you love what I share here, then you're going to love and want to join my free private Facebook community that's also called Marriage and Motherhood. I hope to see and connect with you in there. Otherwise, 
I'll catch you back here next week for the next episode. Bye.